Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, my beloved. Welcome to Hunting for Purpose. Of course, you are here to listen to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast with me, your host, Holly Marie. I am feeling jazzed for today's episode. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm feeling really zingy, pretty electric about this episode. Um, I was not actually originally intending to record this as a podcast episode at all. I was just going to spend a little bit of time kind of announcing these business changes on social media and keeping people informed there. And then I really felt like, "Mm, no, This needs to come out in longer form. Um, This needs to reach people in kind of a deeper format because there's a discussion to be had here, right? There There is some information to change hands. There is some impact and some influence in the really kind of the deepest, richest way to occur around this topic. So here we are recording this podcast episode if you are just a regular listener and you didn't even check the title and (laughs) you're just here listening because you listen every week welcome my friends so glad to have you back as the top fans um and if you did check the title of this episode and were intrigued by it then mm, you are in for a treat today this podcast episode is all about why we are not offering payment plans anymore why we here at at the Holly Marie, Team Holly Marie, THM, as we often refer to ourselves, why we are cancelling all of our plans for payment plans going forward, why we're not offering payment plans in the future for any of our products. I told you, juicy, right? <laughs> we're already like zing, juicy. So let me give you a little bit of background here, Okay. We have always offered payment plans. Like most people in the online space, it's sort of, it's the done thing. It's just what happens. Um, Certainly from my perspective, very six line coming through here, I really noticed that this was um, an undercurrent and a pattern that was occurring in the coaching space, the online coaching space in particular. Um, Offering payment plans and extended payment plans was a way to... um, I mean, essentially, in a really good way, in a high expression way, it was made to give people access to your work so that they could experience that transformation in a very low vibration, low frequency way. It was made to manipulate people who didn't have the money to to buy 
to buy from you, right? It, it was a way of saying, I'm not going to allow money to be the thing that stops you from purchasing. And so payment plans were offered as this way of um, really kind of reducing the fear factor in spending money. I myself have experienced working with a number of people who use payment plans as a pretty low frequency way um, of of connecting with clients, but I've also worked with other people who use it in that really high frequency access kind of way. Either way, I mean, it is what it is, right? Payment plans are now very much established. They're very much a kind of foundational thing that we expect right across the online space whenever we are dealing with online service or online teaching. Notably, we still don't see payment plans in the online physical products space. There is not an expectation when you are purchasing physical products online that you should be offered any payment plan for that, um, which I think is a curious thing. And, and maybe that might come up later. But I wanted to point out that I really see that this is where payment plans have been coming from. This is where um, it, it sort of arose from in the previous uh, probably five to six years in the coaching space. And now it has just become very normalized. It's it's to be expected, right? Pretty much every person, every woman or man and their dog has payment plans available for their products. And and I think that what we're seeing is that payment plans are now getting extended out and extended out and extended out and extended out because a lot of it is still occurring from that fear basis that like, I'm going to walk you through your money fears, right? It's very much the same psychology as, um, you know, in the coaching industry, there's a lot of rhetoric about selling to people in the DMs, right? get potential clients into the DMs and coach them through their money fears so that they then sign up to work with you because their money fears should not stop them from working with you. And so I think that what we've seen is that initially it was, oh, I offer, you know, six-month payment plans and now it's 12-month payment plans. I've seen some people offering two-year or even three-year payment plans on things. And um, to me that says hey, this is something that's not working anymore. If we need to continue kind of extending it out and extending it out and extending it out, we've got a problem that we need to address. I've also been seeing the same thing occur with scholarships, okay? And and I don't want to get into kind of a whole discussion around social hierarchy and accessibility, Um I, that's a whole different whole different ballpark, and I do have some podcast episodes a little while back um, about racial equality and really speaking to um, some beautiful Indigenous partners here in Australia. and And I've done a lot of work to move towards what I can do as a business owner to support uh, a more equal and an accessible society for everyone. But what we did see with the emergence of the BLM movement, which was phenomenal and very needed and a huge catalyst in our society, we saw the way that that trickled into the online business space with people then offering scholarships. All of a sudden, over the last two years, scholarships have become the thing. And we started off with BIPOC scholarships. Okay, it was okay, I offer scholarships for black or indigenous people of color. And then it started to become, I also offer scholarships for other minority groups, right? For the LGBTQ groups, 
Um, I, I offer then scholarships for women in business. Oh, and then it started to become I'm offering scholarships for financial aid for people who are not able to, uh, you know, spend the money because they, whatever, are affected by COVID or they're in a low socioeconomic group or they just started their business and they're broke, whatever. Scholarships have now become the norm. And once again, I've been observing exactly the same pattern occurring. At first, it was, hey, your scholarship is for 25% off. And then it became the scholarships are 50% off. And then it became scholarships are 75% off. And now it's scholarships are a free ride, a completely free ride. And I've seen some very interesting exchanges between people about scholarships. And I have also experienced those exchanges around scholarships and what should be offered, right? A number of people saying, well, it's a scholarship. I should be given 100% free access. Okay. Um, And then the business owners are kind of in a strange place with how to respond to that, because are we actually obligated to provide a completely free ride to somebody simply because we were offering them a discounted scholarship? Is that really in the nature of scholarships? Or have scholarships where they started off being a really beautiful offer of accessibility to minority groups, have they also now been swept up into this energy that we have in the online space around just get people in to your programs, just do whatever, you know, essentially have they become a gimmick? Have scholarships become a financial gimmick that is based on the same fear that we have around money that's always been in existence? That's what I've been observing. That's what I've been seeing. And I have not spoken publicly about it. I haven't put it in any of my content. I've been having just conversations with kind of people in my network, um, you know, fellow entrepreneurs in my space, um, having discussions with my team members, having discussions with my husband. He's he's always... (laughs) stuck in conversation with me talking about all of these deep things. I've been observing and I've been just reflecting on that with people in in my close circles for about 18 months now. Especially over 2021, I really started to see these patterns show up in my business. At first I was observing them just in other people's businesses, kind of some general general currents that were going on in the online space. And then we hit 2021 and it started trickling in to Holly Marie over here. Started trickling in and trickling in. And by the end of 2021, it actually felt like we were under an avalanche of these issues with payment plans and with scholarships. And what I had noticed as these patterns were getting more intense and more clear and more strong in our business is that we were having people who were defaulting on payment plans. The the more extended the payment plan, the more people we had defaulting. And I'm not just talking about, oh, there was a little mishap with your card and you didn't make a payment. These are people who have simply ceased paying and they stop stop their payment plans people who are you know 3 or 4 months into an 18 month or a 2 year payment plan and they stop paying and we have to then chase that and we have to take it to the point of debt collection and really just try to recoup these these costs right we were starting to see that with a fairly alarming frequency the more generous we were with offering payment plans the more we were starting to see this coming into our customer space. 
we were also seeing exactly the same things occurring with scholarships. Right In several of our, our last programs in 2021, we offered multiple scholarships. So we offered uh, a couple of BIPOC scholarships and a couple of financial aid scholarships, and we were flooded, absolutely flooded with applications, particularly for financial aid. Um, and my response to that was to offer additional partial scholarships. So we did have one program, in fact, where we ended up offering, offering I think it was nearly 30 scholarships to people. Most of them were partial scholarships where it was, you know, a 40% off discount. So a heavy discount on a partial scholarship with a long-term payment plan. And what we then started to witness in, in this kind of response that we gave to people is that they were excited initially and, and signing up and joining the programs and doing all of the things. And then they were defaulting. They were stopping paying. They weren't continuing all the way through and honoring that contract arrangement that they had made to continue uh, to make payments until the completion of that payment plan. We were seeing this far more amongst our scholarship students than we were among anybody else. We were sitting at a really staggering rate. By the end of 2021, it was nearly 90% of our scholarship students were defaulting on payment plans. And again, like I said, when I'm saying defaulting, it's not one or two missed payments. These are completely, completely defaulting, completely falling off the face of the earth, ceasing all payments. People who have, you know, been blocked access, people who are not responding to emails or who are responding to emails with, you know, all of the series of excuses that you get in debt collection, serious defaults. Obviously, this is something that uh, we can approach strategically in business. And for the majority of last year, that's what I did. I approached it strategically. Um, payment plans, you know, debt collection, handling money, customer exchange, customer communication is nothing new to me whatsoever. I have a very, very, very long specialized history in this. And so at first I was not, I was not concerned. I wasn't particularly alarmed. We just strategically responded to it. We updated policies. We informed more clearly. We did more communication. Um, and what I discovered then was the strategy was not doing anything to shift it. In fact, the, the strategy was not even touching the edges of this occurrence. The pattern was becoming more frequent and more intense and more people were missing payments, which made me realize this is energetic. So the question then became, is it my energy or is it individual's energy or is it the collective energy. And I had to sit with that and observe that and reflect on that and try to pick up the patterns over a long period of time. One of the, the amazing values um, that I contribute to our team here is that I have very, very strong definition around gate five, which is the gate of rhythms. I have the ability to pick up patterns. I also have gate 44, which is the gate of alertness, right? It's an intuitive ability to pick up on energetic frequency and energetic patterns. Gate five in particular picks up rhythmic patterns. It picks up patterns in the environment, in the collective, in 
buildings, in the seasons within your own body. It's always looking for patterns. And uh, as a member of a team, albeit this is my team, I lead the team, but I am also a member of it. This is what I contribute. I contribute the ability to see, hey, we've got a pattern going on here. That's how we can respond. But sometimes it takes a little while for the fullness of that pattern to emerge. By the time we reached December last year, we reached December 2021, we did receive an email from a particular client who had been a scholarship student with a partial scholarship on an extended payment plan who responded to our requests for payments on on the defaulted payment plan by saying, you tricked me, you tricked me. Because the payment plan, sorry, the the scholarship should have been completely free. You shouldn't be offering only partial scholarships, right? Which was very curious to me, very curious to me and gave me some more data to really understand, okay, I don't think that this is a me energy issue. I have very clear energetic boundaries around my money, especially in business. I don't think this is an individual issue. I don't, you know, obviously because this is occurring with more than one person, I think this is a collective energy pattern that is happening. Since then, since tapping on to that frequency of what the frick is happening in the collective around money here, what is going on? Where do payment plans originate from? Where do scholarships originate from? Why are we starting to see these really kind of bumpy entitled, angry, agitated frequencies, people being very evasive, um, people clearly, clearly signing up to things and purchasing things with without the certainty that they can continue to make payment plans. Um, you know, so signing up and doing the first couple of payments and then just just leaving it. And it really it baffled me for a long time because I couldn't quite pin down why is this why is this frequency happening in the collective specifically in the online space why are we seeing it here when um we know that you can't you can't walk into a grocery store you can't walk into a supermarket and say hey i just bought you know a whole grocery cart full of food i 200 of groceries here i'm going to pay this on a payment plan right so i i, I will pay you $5 today and I'll walk out the door and then I'll, I'll just keep paying you $5 a month, you know, for the next three years. Okay, we don't have that expectation in other consumer spaces. Why is it that we have that expect, expectation and now the entitlement about that in the online space, right? The entitlement and the privilege that then says, I can undertake a payment plan with no intention of actually seeing it through, with no intention of actually paying good, fulfilling my contractual obligations. And we were discovering that people were quite shocked that that we would eventually enforce our policy and say, okay, we're now sending debt collection, right? And immediately a, a vast majority of people would pay, would then just make lump sum payment. Right, which tells me that they they did have the money, <laughs> they did have the money all along. That it wasn't a, a bona fide, you know, I'm I'm poverty stricken. I really have nothing to give you. 
okay? What I, what I started playing with was then kind of tapping into some wider rhythms. What's happening with money energy collectively? What's going on? Where could that be coming from? How does that impact our business? How does that change the structures and the systems and the policies that we've got in place in our business? What is our uh, responsible energetic response to what's happening collectively? And what I started to identify was that as a global collective, we from 2021 over into 2022, we have commenced an enormous shift around money an enormous shift around money. We are seeing some really amazing people kind of in the spiritual spaces talking about this, talking about um, viewing money differently, opening ourselves up to different currencies and different types of financial exchange. Um, People who are talking about really being at the helm of changing our relationship to money, getting rid of that capitalist agenda and coming into a more sacred relationship with money. We are moving, guys. We are moving as a global collective. The way that we have experienced money in the century up until now has broken down. Astrologically, there's also a lot of uh, kind of conversation and content lately around, um, you know, our global financial systems are anticipated to break down this year. And 2022 is kind of the year of like big established financial institutions crumbling and us rebuilding the way that we deal with money and we exchange, you know, money and use it as currency. There's a shift happening. There is a movement happening right on these front lines of money is something that we absolutely have to deal with as a global collective. And that is happening now. It's happening now. We're starting to feel almost like the tectonic plates underneath us. They're starting to move. They're starting to cause some frequency, right? They're starting to cause some friction and some noise. We feel less steady about money. Um, If at any point over the last six to seven months in particular, you've suddenly had a flare up of your old money fears, your old money story, or even just your current money fears, your current money story, that's why. That's why that's occurring for you. You are picking up on an individual frequency that's actually a collective undercurrent that is happening all around you. We just are not seeing it physically manifesting just yet. And here's the reason why I want to share about this on this podcast, right? This podcast, which is like dedicated to manifestors. We we run a community for manifestors here. Why on earth would I be talking to manifestors about what's happening with the global collective idea of money? Well, manifestors go first. Manifestors go first. Manifestors are the initiators. Manifestors pick up on collective frequency and get initiated, we get catalyzed into being those agents of change. Remember, what we do as manifestors on an energetic level is that we bring things from the 5D, that 5D energy plane where we can't see, smell, touch, hear, feel, but we can sense And we are the conduits through our creative urges and our ability to initiate. We are the conduits that then birth that thing into the 3D. We take it from the energy of sensing into the 3D energy of feeling, seeing, touching, tasting, smelling. You are the person 
that births change. What we pick up on in that 5D realm, I mean, we think it's really random because it's we just feel a creative urge and we don't know where it comes from and it all feels very illogical and we don't understand it until we've done it and then we look back and see where it, where it was valuable and where it fit kind of into the big puzzle of our lives. We think it's really random what we're being urged to initiate, but friend, it's not. There's nothing random about it. You are like the kid with your ear up against the door listening to the conversation on the other side. As a manifester, you are so tapped into the unconscious frequency of the collective that you feel it, you sense a nondescript urge coming through your body And you are the conduit that brings it to life so that other people can experience the catalyst for change that they need to experience. Everything that we have, every single thing that we have in society, every change that we have ever made as a humankind collective has been born somewhere along the line by a manifesto. A manifester has been the person that brought that progress, brought that change. You are the agent of change, manifester. Of course, as manifestors, we are going to be the first people who start picking up on this change around money. We are going to be the people that start feeling called with these individual urges, these individual pings. We are going to be the ones that are called to to create this change, to initiate this change, to initiate this new way of experiencing money. And if you are in the position as a manifester where you have not done the work so far to deal with your money mindset, to change your money story, to be responsible for your your energetic frequency around money, to step out of scarcity, to, to step out of limitation, to step out of fear, to know how to attract prosperity, to know how to attract abundance, to know how to be a responsible um, holder of money, of wealth. <sighs> You are going to be feeling really unsteady right now, really unsteady. It's going to be like all of those money fears are pummeling into your world relentlessly. That's what I've been witnessing amongst our audience and amongst our paying customers, right? Suddenly these money fears are flaring like volcanoes, huge kind of lava overflows of manifestors being really angry about money and lashing out and trying to blame other people for money or getting deeply resentful of themselves around money. I never have enough. I'm never going to break through this wall. I can't get what I need. I'm so broke. It's never going to work out for me. It's either my fault or it's somebody else's fault. Somebody's trying to take this from me. Somebody's trying to charge me too much. Some That person has more money than me. They should give me this money because they have more than me. We are seeing manifestors getting really unaligned, guys. Really unaligned when we have conversations around money. 
And I'm not sitting here in any judgment of that. I am a manifester amongst all of the manifestors. I have done years of work, years of work on my money energy and my money story. I am an incredible steward of money because I've worked hard at that. But I have been experiencing these old, old, old stories about money popping back up. They've been absent for years and they're just popping back up. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) we're still here. Did you know that you could still be afraid of money? That you could still tap back into certain, you know, uncertainty and scarcity? It's not a surprise. I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm informing you that this is what I see occurring. We are feeling this first, manifestors. We are feeling it first because it is our job to feel that to trust our urges, surrender back into our urges, surrender to our sovereign energy and to say, I will allow myself when I am called to be an agent of change in this collective shift around money. Manifestors are and will continue to be the leaders and facilitators of global change in the way we see, use, feel and receive money. You, manifester, you are at the helm. You are on the front line. That's why you're feeling agitated around this. That's why all of this money stuff is starting to come up into your space. It's not anybody else that's doing this to you. It's because you are the manifester with your feet firmly planted on the collective ground and you're feeling that undercurrent come up into you because you're so tapped in. You're here to be tapped in. That's what you're here to do. You're here to be tapped into these unconscious frequencies to refine those down, to feel them come through you as an urge and for you to initiate that. And once you've initiated it, you put it down, you rest, you go back away and you prepare yourself for the next urge. I'm telling you, manifestors, this year in particular, but I really think through 2022, 2023 and 2024, We are going to be, as a collective of manifestors, we are going to be all about the money. We are going to be all about being the leading change agents for money. Maybe for you, where you're at right now, that starts with your individual money story. Maybe that's something that you've been avoiding, right? You've been like putting it off. It's too hard. It's too scary. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's what you're being called to right now right? No more time. Clocks run out. Money story now. Work on your money story, right? We have an awesome freebie, The Manifestor's Guide to Money. You can download that. We are also going to be re-releasing our program, Manifest a Money Moguls, a little bit later in the year. So that might be something that is helpful for you. There is so much support out there for your money story, um, breaking through money fears, adjusting your money mindset. I'm certainly not the only teacher. There's heaps and heaps out there if you want someone to guide you through it. Otherwise, just take yourself through that journey if that's where you're at. For, For others of us, we've already gone through that journey. So this is not a catalyst at the moment for us to say, oh, time to work on my money mindset. That's done, guys. We It's finished. We've moved through that. Of course, we still move through, you know, more deconditioning and more growth and more expansion, but we've done the bulk of the work. And so now we are being called to step up 
to say, huh, how are you, you going to initiate this money change? How are you going to be that agent of change? That is the question that I have been sitting with now for months. Where is my responsibility as a facilitator to this community, as a business owner, as a person who believes in freedom of access, and as a steward of my own money, being responsible for my own money, managing the money that comes into my business, ensuring that it's used wisely, that the prices that we're charging are prices that are full of integrity, right? That, you know, money in, money out, we have to deal with both, money coming in and money going out. So I've been really allowing this to just sort of simmer with me and just stew. What does what does this mean for me as an individual? What does this mean for me as a business owner? And how does that translate into the way that we structure our business around money? We've been really tapping a lot more heavily into um, like energetic support around our money in business. Um, we're, we're doing more work with our beautiful energy channeler, Emily Mearns. Um, she's providing more, more upgrades, more clearance, more activation in the way that we experience money in the business. Um, I have already put kind of behind the scenes structural changes in, in terms of um, the way that the business is set up, the way that the business is reported for tax, um, having more support people come on in that area. But what's been kind of lagging is me making a decision about what does that mean for front-facing changes? For the, the front of the business where it deals with customers, are any changes required? And if so, what are they? And it really struck me as we came to the end of January, really kind of starting to dive into that energy around this new year, really, really starting to like be open to this energy of the new year. What does 2022 feel like? What is it correct? What's correct in this year, right? What's the frequency that we're playing with in this year? And it hit me, we need to, we need to not be offering payment plans anymore. It's not a frequency that is aligned with my business. It's not a frequency that's aligned with my business. It's not something that I feel like I have to offer people, nor are scholarships. Moving forward, the Holly Marie, Team Holly Marie will not be offering payment plans and will not be offering scholarships. Discounts on anything will be very splenically led, right? Not strategic, but just led by my spleen. If it feels intuitively correct to offer a discount, then it will be it will be offered. But as a business strategy and as a business tool, no, we are not we are not offering these modes of accessibility to this work. As a business, as a business owner, as a business team, 2021 was just a huge year of digging down and doing the work for us. We upgraded the frequency of money in this business. And I say that lightly, but it was not light. 
was a lot of energetic work. There was a lot of surrender. There was a lot of kind of self-reflection and and changes behind the scenes and, and really just honoring where we were being guided to. But it shifted this business into a whole new timeline, into a whole new quantum realm. We're playing with much, much bigger wealth. We're playing with a completely different money frequency here in this team. And that's been reflected in how much income we were able to bring in and how much profit we were able to to derive. But that's that was not the intention. That was not the point. The point was to say, we know we can see this frequency. We can see this quantum field of, of money, this wealth level, and we're going to energetically do the work to get there. And we did. And in doing so, it really uh, it destabilized a lot of these systems that we had with extended payment plans and scholarships and partial scholarships and offering discounts. It destabilized that because those could no longer exist when we were playing in this quantum field. They couldn't exist when we were playing at this level. The level of money that I and my team and the business as its own entity are now playing in is... We are sacred keepers of wisdom. We're sacred keepers of wisdom here. And we will be the conduits to bring that wisdom to you so that you can experience it and you can be catalyzed by it. You can be impacted for it, by it. You can be transformed by it. But we will receive the financial exchange that is necessary for that. We don't need to diminish or water down what we do in order to uh, fit an ideal of being accessible to everyone. We are not here to be accessible to everyone. This wisdom is not here to be accessed by everyone. This wisdom is only here to be accessed by the people who are ready to be involved in this, who are at that place on their personal journey and who are willing to throw themselves back and surrender to trust in the universe, in source, God, angels, the guides, whoever it is for you, but to fling yourselves back into trust in that relationship to say, I will be financially supported to invest in this. I will be financially supported to invest in this. As a business We are no longer taking on the burden of the customer's fear of money. We are no longer offering systems that make it comfortable for you to remain in limitation around your money. That for us is what payment plans and scholarships became. That's why we're not offering them anymore. What's really kind of held me back on making this decision is I have this question hanging over my head about accessibility. Does this remove access and is it okay to remove access? And, and, you know, should that be a like case by case decision and is it too exclusive and is it too privileged? You know, am I being white? Am I being wealthy? You know, am I kind of like dangling these things out of, out of people's reach? What I decided was that firstly, that's not my responsibility. Determining everybody's access to my work is not my responsibility, right? The universe can take care of that, right? The universe is amazing at dealing with, you know, complex 
fabrics of of things that need to be arranged for people to have access. If it's right for you to have access, you will be given access if you are ready to be in that arrangement. And the universe can do that. I don't need to deal with the individual case-by-case arrangement for can you financially access this or can you not? But even more so, it gave me scope to see, hey, payment plans and scholarships are not the only way that I can offer access to people. It's not the only way that I can do this. Just because it's the way that the rest of the online marketplace operates doesn't mean it needs to be the way that I operate. I'm a manifester. I make my own rules. I set the precedent. I develop the new pathway. I charge forward onto a new a new lane that nobody else has seen and nobody else is doing so that people can follow suit. I go first. I initiate So what we are implementing instead of payment plans is that we will be working with an external agency. We're yet to kind of firm up the back end arrangements about what agency that's going to be, but it will be something like PayPal pay in four or Afterpay, external credit agencies where you can get payment plans, but you will be having those payment plans managed through that agency. Okay. So if you need payment plans, if you don't have the ability or you would just simply for, you know, financial money flow, you would prefer to not pay everything up front. Great. Go through these agencies and pay it off in installments. What that provides us as a business is that we get to receive the lump sum of money straight away. You get to have access to to all of this wisdom and to all of this work and to all of this energy. And if, if you default on that for whatever reason, then we are not then responsible for dealing with the energetic frequency that's going on there. An external agency is being paid to deal with that. I'm not here to say that this is the only way forward or this is the perfect way forward. This is what is correct for us. And I wanted to um, open up the doorways on that, but kind of pull back that, you know, secret business veil and allow you guys to to all hear the journey behind this and um, to understand why this decision has been made and why is this aligned for us and how I think that this is really going to be one of the roles that I play as an agent of change in this collective money shift that we're experiencing. To my knowledge so far, there is nobody else in the online space doing this. Not that I've seen. There may well be somebody out there that I haven't come across, but I have not seen anybody that is removing payment plans or scholarships. In fact, what I have seen a lot of is uh, business owners just kind of like shrugging their shoulders and throwing their hands up in the air and saying, oh, well, people defaulting is just, it's just the way you go. Um, I was I was recently rereading Chillpreneur from Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, she's a, supposedly a manifester. I don't know if that's confirmed, but um, you know she's a leading spokesperson on money and and dealing with money. And you know she was saying in her book, like, well, it's just twenty percent, twenty percent of your revenue is going to disappear in people defaulting on payment plans and not paying, not paying. And that's just the way you've got to do it. Um, I've heard similar rhetorics from Amy Porterfield, Marie Forleo, Gabby Bernstein, you know, people who who have these big businesses and are offering payment plans and they are simply shrugging it off. Oh, well, you, you just, all this money is gone. It's just gone. 
because it's that that paradigm of well I have to offer payment plans and this is just the consequence of doing that I don't want to operate in that way I don't want to operate within systems that don't fit the frequency that I play at if I have done the work to operate at a different energetic frequency, at a new quantum field around money in my business, then I do not want to be then squashing ourselves back into a box with a, a system or a strategy that then diminishes that, that then limits it. That doesn't make any sense to me. My intuitive suspicion is that over the next two to three years, we're going to see a complete removal of payment plans and scholarships in the online space. I think there's going to be a revolution, right? We're going to stop doing it. We're going to move in completely different directions. But I want to be one of the leaders of that change. I want to be one of, if not the first person to say, not for me, not over here. People are still going to have access to my work when they are ready to have access to my work without me needing to be responsible for their money fears or also without me needing to uphold a, a, a business strategy that is inherently fear-based. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to work my way onto a different path. I'm going to walk to a different tune. I'm going to march to my own beat. And I'm going to trust that even though nobody else is doing that, I'm still completely financially taken care of. I'm going to trust that that doesn't mean that we lose tens of thousands of dollars. I'm going to trust that that means that, of course, we won't lose customers. Because if, if that doesn't suit for customers, even for any of you listening, if that feels like mm, you disagree, you don't want to be in this space, you don't want to buy anything from me anymore, I love you. I bless you. I lovingly invite you to leave and somebody who is ready for this frequency of money exchange will show up and take your place. Ten more people will come in. That's, that's the level of trust that we're playing on here. As manifestors, we don't need to be afraid that the change that we're making, because we're not seeing anybody else doing it, is somehow going to be destructive for us. It's the opposite. It's going to be expansive for us. It's going to be challenging and marvelous and prosperous and abundant and successful for us. We are here to do things in a new set of rules. We are here to lay down a new pathway of rules and say to people, hey, look at this alternative. Look at this way. You think that you can only succeed if you're doing it in that way, but I've just laid out this whole path and I'm succeeding. So follow me. I'm the Pied Piper. Let's go. That's what manifestors are here for. That's our energy. That's, that's our power. That's our magnetism. Whew. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say about this now. Oof, my throat's just like done its thing and my spleen has just talked and my ego's shown up and we've brought the fire and we've brought the message. I'm just going to leave it to impact you in the way that it needs to impact you. Wherever you are at in your money journey, I send you genuine love. You are exactly in the place where you need to be. Exactly. You don't need to be anywhere different than where you are. All you need to do 
is open your arms and surrender to this place in the journey because when you allow that to happen, you get picked up in the current and you move forward. If you are really just needing to work on your personal money story right now, blessings, friend. Do that. Dive into that like there's no tomorrow. If you are needing to solidify a money journey that you've previously done and you're needing to shift into a new field, a new space, you're needing to expand that, blessings to you. Go for it, right? Dive in, expand, see how far you can go. And if you are at the place where you have already done the deep, dirty work and you know you are aligned with money, you've already gone through all of that, that you are a sacred keeper of wealth, step up, step up to the plate. How are you going to be an agent of change in this global shift around money? What does that look like for you? What does that feel like for you? If you're inspired, oh God, reach out and let me know, please. If this has impacted you and lit a fire underneath you, please reach out, DM me on Instagram, send me an email, share a story or a post and tag me in it. I want to start this conversation. I want to be part of this revolution around money. I want to be one of many, many facilitators of this change. I do ask that if you have been triggered by this and you're feeling very unsettled and you're feeling emotional and you're feeling anger, please don't reach out and tell me. Please do not reach out. Even just to inform me, I don't want to be informed (laughs) about that. I sit back here from my place of, of sacredness in my money journey and I send you love, 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 love. I will continue to offer you support by way of learning, um, you know, by, by way of teaching, by way of wisdom sharing, but I'm not here to help you process through any triggering that you have around that. Just informing and keeping that out there, informing the universe as I'm recording this, and of course, informing you guys as you're listening. That's my boundary. I really ask you to respect that. Whew. Let's let's have an amazing high vibe conversation around being agents of change in money, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to wrap up here. This has been a really powerful episode. It's felt so incredible to record. Oh, the podcast is doing phenomenal things this year. I hope you guys have been enjoying listening. Um, The next podcast, solo podcast that you're going to hear from me is going to be all about launching. We're actually digging down deep into launching for a couple of episodes. It is very much kind of where my creative urges are pushing right now, um, helping bring you guys into a place of alignment with launching so we can get more manifestor initiations out into the world so people can receive them so you can expand your impact and you can be financially taken care of. Ooh, yes, that's where it's at. So if you're keen to learn about launching, hang on for um, a couple of episodes and, and we'll be here chatting about it. But as always, until then, until we talk again, please keep hunting for purpose. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. 
If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at the Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.